0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. I want to do a different kind of podcast than I have done before. I'm going to be a bit more personal and a bit more reflective because of the world events that have happened here in the last week or two. Uh, let me start by telling you what I did last Friday night for the first time in my life I was invited to a Jewish Shabbat service I have a dear friend Rabbi Daniel Lapin some of you will know who he is a very prominent author and uh, often billed as the America's rabbi uh, he and I are friends and even though I'm Christian and I have never before in my life been to a Shabbat service I've been to seders and other things but I've never been to a Shabbat service he graciously welcomed Welcomed me into his home in Baltimore. Uh, Bev and I went, and we were with other Orthodox Jews uh, as they celebrated Shabbat. It was sweet and wonderful. We went through the simple liturgies. We had marvelous food. Uh, We spoke late into the night. Uh, It was lovely. And it was lovely to learn about some of the traditions and lovely to uh, know about some of the requirements that frankly come out of the roots of my own faith, the Judaic roots of my own faith. Um, And we were welcomed as friends, and it Was just it was just marvelous. Well, I'm telling you about that uh, not to tout how broad I am or you know how worldly wise, uh, but because as you know, the very next morning, someone entered Tree of Life uh, Synagogue in Pittsburgh and killed eleven people. I am not going to say the shooter's name. Um, But the shooter was a 50-ish-year-old white male uh, who had somehow become convinced that the caravan coming from South and Central America towards the U.S. was funded by Jews. And so he decided that he would go in and deal with this problem by shooting up Uh, a synagogue in Pittsburgh. It turns out that he killed a bunch of people who ranged approximately from the age of 60 to about the age of 90. He killed two mentally infirm men who were dear friends and who served as ushers at the synagogue. Uh, He killed a 90-year-old woman. Uh, He killed a bunch of people in their 60s. He killed the doctor. Uh, He killed some elderly females. He killed some elderly males. Uh, He basically killed a bunch of elderly Jews at Tree of Life. And did so thinking that he was somehow defending some vision of America that he had and uh, perhaps striking back at Soros, whom he thought uh, was funding this caravan coming up through South and Central America into the U.S. The guy's an idiot. Now, What's intriguing to me about this, and I just want to add this element before I go further, is that as I've told you two or three times in this podcast, just two or three weeks before, well, actually more of a month, month and a half before, uh, I was at a Saudi university. I have the privilege of uh, guest lecturing, being a guest speaker and trainer, uh, at a university called King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. It's just outside of Jeddah. Uh, I've been there several times. I trust I'll be going again. Uh, I enjoy speaking there. I enjoy training them in speaking. I do media training while I'm there and do speeches about media training. and. Um, it's, it's a tremendous privilege. And as you probably know, if you listen to this podcast, often I have done a lot in the Middle East, spent a lot of time with Muslims. Um, I'm an advocate for the Kurds. Uh, so I've spent a, gr- a good portion of my life, uh, months and months and months and months, uh, living with, hanging with, working with um, people, uh, Muslims uh, in the Middle East. And that's not to mention, of course, the extensive time I have with Muslims here in the U.S. Um, and I have to tell you that I, I love them both. Uh, I'm sorry for the Muslim Jewish tensions in the world. I am sorry for uh, the animosities. I think that's being exacerbated by uh, various groups active in the Middle East, Uh, but I love them both. And what is most important for what I'm trying to say today is that my faith, my Christian faith, um, indicates that I should be uh, open and hospitable and welcoming and interested in understanding and listening to people of all faiths, Uh, not so that I can uh, be drawn into their faith. But rather because I recognize them as children of God, uh, because I recognize they're on a path towards God. Uh, Obviously, my Jewish friends are not going to be Christian, don't want to be Christian. Um, Obviously, they wish I was Jewish. (laughs) Obviously, I'm a Christian, and I think all people should be Christians. Obviously, they know that. My Muslim friends, the same way. We sit, we talk. I I, I have spent time with a number of mullahs in the Middle East, and we'll even sometimes joke, I wish that you were Muslim. He will say, I will say, I wish you were Christian. Christian. Well, we will be friends anyway. You know, this kind of thing. It's not that anybody's dumbing down what they believe. In fact, they have more respect for me because I know exactly what I believe and I'm not uh, easily swayed and and I respect them for the same thing. Um, But all are attempting to seek God in their way. Now, my point in all of this is that since most of the shooters recently in the United States claim in some way to be Christian, And most of those who have persecuted and engaged in anti-Semitic violence in the history of the world are, of course, Christians. Um, I, I just have to speak as a Christian today and say that this, this entire arena is uh, of hatred for certain people, groups, and ethnicities rather than uh, for character and ideas is, is just simply misguided. I want you to pay, pay attention to what this idiot did. This idiot who was the shooter, whose name I won't say, uh, completely through social media, completely through what he read online he concluded that Jews somehow were financing, leading, orchestrating this caravan coming up through uh, South and Central America, mainly through Central America, and that he could stop it and take a stand against such things by killing a bunch of elderly Jews at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Now, this, this is the kind of thing that happens when a person lives in idiotic isolation. Apparently, this guy would call himself a Christian. Uh, people who lived near him said they never saw him talking to anybody. They never saw him talking to anybody. He was unfriendly. He was distant. He would sit on his porch and smoke. They never saw him engaging anybody at an actual flesh and blood. Look him in the eyes. Speak words through your mouth level. But online, he's the grand crusader. I forget the optics, he says. I'm going in. He's talking to a crowd he imagines in his mind. So he has an online life that is more real to him than the one he's actually living in his shoes. And that online life is telling him things that are not true and yet he would probably claim, we're, we're getting some indication, that this guy would loosely consider himself to be a Christian. Most of the shooters uh, who torment American society anyway are people who loosely consider themselves to be Christians uh, and are opposed to Jews or are opposed to Muslims or are opposed to non-whites in America. Well, I, I think you see the tragedy here. And what I'm not advocating is a, hey, let's dumb down all our distinctives and just be one and sing Kumbaya and sing Imagine and pretend like there aren't differences. There are differences. But speaking as a Christian, speaking as a guy from the faith, which is often accused in these situations, uh, I want to say that the essence, the greatness of Christianity uh, is that it does engage people in all different walks of life, all different ethnicities, all different religions, um, and engages them redemptively and meaningfully. Um, Our God, the God God of our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Christians understand him, uh, we are told in the book of Revelation in the the Bible, uh, enthrones himself. Uh, amidst the tribes and the tongues and the people groups and the different languages. Uh, He likes diversity. He created the nations. He wants diversity. And granted, uh, as a Christian, I wish all men were Christian. My Muslim friends wish all men were Muslim. I understand that. But there, there has to be an understanding, I'm speaking mainly as a Christian now, that whether we're follow, talking about following the pattern of Jesus or we're talking about the whole body of Christian truth uh, in the New Testament as we draw from our roots in uh, Old Testament history and truth, the fact of the matter is that that engaging people, diversity, uh, not living in a silo, not living in a monoculture, uh, not being narrow, being global, being international, engaging different cultures, engaging different people uh, – this is part of the essence of what it means to be Christian. Doesn't mean you have to believe what they believe. doesn't mean you have to absorb all of that culture. But I'm not just talking about a rich life, although I think I live an unbelievably rich life by engaging people in great diversity. And I'm grateful for the travels I get to do. and I'm grateful for the people I know. And I'm grateful for living here in DC where I'm recording now, um, where I engage people of just every nationality and color and ethnicity and and religion, and it's it's wonderful. But, but my point is that for the Christian faith to be used certainly as any sanction for violence, but also as sanction for an attitude of narrowness and white only and Christian only, and let's just live a certain kind of faith and a certain kind of color and a certain kind of town and a certain geography is exactly the opposite of everything that sings from the pages of the New Testament the Great Commission, the words and example of Jesus, the spread of the gospel, all of it calls for engaging people who are different. Yeah, convincing them if possible, absolutely. You know, so the, the word evangelical has become a bad word recently in America, largely because of the way some evangelicals have p- behaved politically. But I'm not nervous about the word evangelical, and I'm not, I, I'm certainly in that kind of Christian uh, in the sense that I think I found something glorious in Jesus Christ, and I want the whole world to know about it, absolutely. that That's what it means to be basically an evangelical. And so, I, I'm, you know, if I had found, as I've often said, on this podcast, a a, a kind of shampoo that I thought was awesome, or a candy bar that I thought was awesome, or seen a movie that I thought was amazing, or read a book that I thought was fascinating, I'd be talking about it to everybody who would listen. I've had long conversations about books I've read with people I've never met before on airplanes, on trains, and metros here in D.C. So absolutely, I'm an advocate for whatever's captured me, and I have absolutely been captured by Jesus Christ. So from that foundation, I don't go narrow, I go broader. I live more broadly than I ever had before. I live a bigger life. I engage people at a broader level. I see everyone, no matter what they choose to believe. I'm talking about in prisons. I'm talking about you know, terrorists for other in other cultures. Uh, I've, I've sat and talked with all of these kinds of folks, and it doesn't matter what range you're talking about. All of them are made in the image of God. Uh, all of them have a hole in their soul. Uh, the words of Augustine are true of all of them. Lord, you have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till we find our rest in you. That's true of everyone on the planet. And Christians are meant to engage people wherever they are and engage them meaningfully and redemptively and serve them and recognize them as made in the image of God. Certainly no sanctions for bigotry. Certainly no sanctions for racism. Certainly no sanctions for violence. And certainly no sanctions for narrowness of an attitudinal and ethnic kind. So, it's important that we talk about this, and I, and, I, and I share my last weeks because I'm intrigued that the night before uh, this horrible shooting, the worst anti-Semitic act of violence in American history, uh, it comes uh, just the, the morning after I've been sitting with Orthodox Jews uh, celebrating Shabbat. And that comes six weeks or so after I return from Kaos, that's the short shorthand for King Abdullah University of Science and Technology in Saudi Arabia, where I am absolutely in love with this school and in love with these people. And that comes after a lifetime of traveling the world, working in the Middle East, being an advocate for the Kurds, etc. cetera. Um, and that comes weeks after, uh, my trip to Kaos comes weeks after being in, in New Zealand doing the Hakka. So... This is, I think, what it means to be a Christian. Not that my lifestyle is the ideal, but rather that the attitude of openness and engagement. And I want to say it two or three ways. If, if what you are about as a Christian is about converting the world, well, you're going to do it far more effectively if you engage people, respect them, uh, live peaceably with them, and, and uh, let them see the life that you have and be drawn to it if they're going to be. Uh, let them hear your words. So live, live passionately and fully and openly and lovingly and embracingly, and people will be drawn. That, so that's number one, at the goal is evangelism. But if you just want to honor our God, if you just want to honor our Lord, if you want to live out the values that are on the page in the book, uh, then you cannot be uh, people who are angry right wing. You cannot be either Fox or MSNBC or CNN or Soros or Hannity. Um, You have to live bigger than that. Hannity is a friend of mine, but I want to live bigger uh, than just Republican uh, politics or Trump politics or Fox politics. And Hannity knows that. We we talked about this. Uh, I I want to live broader than my friends on the left. I want to live broader than the political spectrum and be a redemptive agent. Now, I don't think that the shooter in Pittsburgh was in any meaningful, meaningful way a Christian, but I do believe that he became convinced by people who have traditional anti-Semitic attitudes that somehow the Jews are at fault. I can show you websites that literally claim that the Jews are behind every world, every war we've ever fought in the world. I can. Uh, this morning, I turned on my television. I was watching a pretty mainstream broadcast, and people were saying that words like globalization are really code words for anti-Semitic. That really, it's about pushing back against the Jews. We've just become strange. You know, we're living in a very weird time in our history. So. I strongly urge those of you who listen to my podcast who are Christians, and the rest of you know how welcome you are. I love that there are Kurds, and there are Saudis, and and, and there are are people of every kind uh, listening to this, atheists. Um, You all are welcome. But what I'm saying right now is as a Christian, there is no sanction for any of this, certainly not anti-Semitism in Christianity. In fact, biblical New Testament Christianity ought to be as pro-Jewish. Uh, as it is pro any other people on the earth, there is no sanction in the Bible uh, for denigrating the Jewish people. Uh, the God we, the Jesus we worship, uh, the, the the people who founded our faith and spread it in the world were almost all Jews, at least in the first generation. so this is this is this is critical for us to understand. but but the second thing for us to understand uh, is that the our Christian faith sends us out into the world to engage people openly. so it's it's ridiculous that there would be, anybody claiming excuse from the Christian message to be violent, to be narrow, to hate Muslims, to hate people from the Middle East, to hate Jews, to hate Judaism. You understand my point. So I want to challenge you, not just if you're Christian, but all who are listening to this podcast, uh, be the change that we want to see. It doesn't mean removing the distinctives. My, my Orthodox friends sitting at that Shabbat have no intention of being anything but Orthodox come the next morning. And I walked out of there, them knowing uh, that I was a Christian and was delighted to be one. Um, but there was love and there was unity and there was power and there was welcome. And Rabbi Lappin and I are going to be working together uh, in speaking and having impact in some causes we care about. And that's that I believe is the essence of the Christian faith. And not that I'm the grand exemplar, but I'm urging you strongly to consider the times in which we live, and whatever your faith, live broader than the narrow categories that are handed to you. Now is the time for leadership. And most of you who listen to this podcast are leaders, and we can have a massive difference, but you have to watch what defines you, you have to watch what binds you, you have to watch what you feed on, I mean intellectually, and you have to watch the conclusions that you draw. And we are are at a time now when it's possible to make a massive difference simply by being willing to step across the lines. I'm handed 50,000 different kinds of lines that attempt to bind me. I choose to step over almost all of them, not moral boundaries, but certainly attitudinal ones, certainly racial ones, certainly national ones, certainly ethical ones, uh, ethnic ones, I'm sorry, and certainly, certainly political ones. So be broader, be big, live large, and do not accept some sanction for narrowness, certainly from the Christian faith, but from whatever faith you espouse. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.